Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast, Take Two. I'm Jason. And I'm Richard. And I'm Chris. And this is the Evil Dead cast episode 19. Cool. That was a good intro. <laughs> it was good. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Quick thinking on Ash's part. <laughs> you know he's known for that. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> when he doesn't have to think. He's also known for just taking the easy way out over yeah, and over again. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be back, you guys. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. How was That's the vacation? Right. Yeah. Yeah. How was it? Well, you went to Hawaii, right? Yeah. Technically, it wasn't a vacation. I was in Hawaii for work. And uh-huh. I, I know there are plenty of worse places to go on a business trip, but uh, it was my first time out there and it was so nice. I loved it. Where'd I, you uh, go? I, I was actually only mostly in Honolulu the whole time. That's where this project was I, I was working on. But the day before... Uh, well, the day I had to fly back, my flight didn't leave until late in the evening. So I had most of that day to, to hang around and do some touristy stuff. So I drove to the North Shore and looked around and, nice. and just had a good time. So yeah, man, is it a nice place. Got to go yeah. back. Richard and I went to Hawaii after our senior year when we were both 18. Yeah. Remember that? I bet that was fun. I remember meeting some chicks. <laughs> That's <in the> right. <laughs> yeah. That's what I remember. <laughs> That's the only thing you remember? We also drove to the North Shore, and then there were these, like, six-foot waves crashing right into the yeah. sand, and we just, like, dove in and got pummeled. Yeah, were they Sounds were they fun. pretty uh, tall when you were there? They, they were. The, the interesting thing I noticed, though, was I drove all along, right up to the northern tip, and... Um, and you'd go past, you know, a one beach where it, it felt really calm and nice and there were people around like families and little kids playing in the water. And then it, it felt like just another 10 miles down the road, there'd be another beach with huge waves and people were surfing and and uh, just having a good time. So I saw all kinds of different waves and it was That's great. That's cool. Yeah. Well, glad to have you back. Yeah. Fun to be here. Yeah, it was weird. We, we finished about 20 minutes early last time, so we figure you talk about 20 minutes per episode. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. right. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I'll try to do my best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. Attention shoppers, DeadCast Top 3 in 5, 4, 3, 2. All right, it's our Deadcast Top 3. It's our Top 3 Highlights for Season 2, Episode 4, D-U-I. D-U-I. Fitting title, huh? Yeah. yeah fair bit of drinking and driving in this one. <laughs> yeah. What did you say? You drunk driving angel. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got an idea. I'll drive and you can keep drinking. <laughs> to stay hydrated. All right. <laughs> That's right. That must be some pretty light beer if he's worth <laughs> staying hydrated. <laughs> I thought it was great. It's, I really liked this episode. It kind of played like a played out like a mini feature film. You know, you had you had the juxtaposition of the scary, and then you had the action, and then you had uh, lots of good visuals. You had uh, you had sad ash and mad ash, and scared <laughs> ash and triumphant ash. I really liked it. I never knew Ash had that many emotions. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this ep- this episode for me, I liked a lot better the second time I watched it. Um, the first time I sort of thought this was good, but not great. But then I watched it again and I thought, no, this was great, but maybe it wasn't quite amazing. And, and the more I sort of watched it, I watched it like two and a half times and uh, I liked it more each time. So I did think this was... Um, uh, a pretty good episode in the end and it kind of struck me as odd because i felt like it was funny but it was not 
really hilarious, like some of them. And it yeah. was sort of gross, but it wasn't super gory like some yeah. of the others. And I think they traded some of that stuff for more action this time. It felt yeah. like there was a lot more action in this one uh, because of, you know, we had Ash and Pablo doing stuff. And we had Kelly and Ruby doing stuff. And um, uh, they traded some of the hilarity and some of the gore for that. But overall, I really liked it. Good episode. Yeah. I uh, Maybe I need to watch it a third time because I didn't really love it. In fact, this was Weird. one of my least favorite episodes i would say i mean that said the way i've divided stuff up is what didn't work and what did work and it turns out Mm -hmm. what did work my list ended up being longer so i don't know we'll see but the stuff that didn't work really kind of popped the tire and let the air out for me so so (laughs) but i'll get into it why don't we get into our top three chris you want to go first this time since you just came back yeah, sure. Um, I will start with the way this episode, it felt like um, a little bit of a turning point in the season to me. Uh, I kind of felt like they wrapped up a lot of plot lines and story, and they're going to move into the next phase of season two, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um And it also felt like a second half to last week's episode. This was part two of last week. You know, it was almost like one long episode. Yeah, it could have been one long hour long episode for sure. The car was possessed. They had to continue dealing with that here. Um, But in terms of wrapping things up, you know, Ash's father is uh, obviously dead. And Ash has in his own way dealt with that very quickly. Um, The possessed car is now unpossessed uh as far as we know and they've dealt with that the book is is gone for now um maybe not for very long you know ruby and kelly dealt with the children and they're dead so i felt like they kind of wrapped all that up and they're going to now move on into the second half or phase two of season two maybe there's three acts to season two as a whole i don't Mm -hmm. know but um i i I think that was uh, one thing I noticed after watching this a couple of times, and I kind of felt good about it, like just having having sort of things wrap up, and now we can move on into other stuff in this season. Mm-hmm. So it felt like a turning point in the season for me. I like that. I hadn't thought about it, but you're right. And it, it's interesting because when they throw the book into the, the portal to hell, Ash right. and uh, Pablo are at least hopeful, okay, maybe that did it, but... Ruby is like, oh shit! She's obviously thinks something's wrong, and then you see that demon charge out at the end. That kind of scared me a little bit. I have to admit, face, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's like, oh, they just triggered Act Two. Well, yep. that's exactly it, right? They <laughs> thought they were they thought they were solving the problem, but nope, he comes right out, and that's I assume going to be the focus of the next half of the season, at least, or at least the next few episodes, probably. So yeah. It's hard to tell though, man. They can turn this stuff around on a dime. I know. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's right. Or, or you know, part of me thinks that 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 final scene where the demon flies out. Part of me almost thinks it could be nothing. It's just like it's it was just sort of a jump scare right at the end to to smash cut to credits and maybe maybe it doesn't mean anything. No, but. come on, the book <laughs> you can't trust the book that that was the right way to it was giving away the right way to deal with it. Oh, I totally. know that's true. I, that's true. <laughs> but for a second, I thought maybe we weren't going to see the book for a little while because, you know, when he throws it in, we get the shot of Ruby and she says, that, what does she say? That the book is, is gone. She can feel that yeah. it's gone. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, oh, maybe the book will be gone for a little while. But then that guy came out. So I can't, I'm, I'm with you. I don't really believe that he's nothing, but, yeah. you know, you never know. I was thinking... Uh, we, I don't think we've seen any daylight this season so far. I could be wrong. But the last four episodes, I think it would be a stretch that they were all over the same night. But I was trying to think whether they are. We know the last two at least were. But I went back to the first. So they get to they go to Elk Grove because the Deadites come and try to attack Ash. And so they go to where he was... Uh, and she said ashy slashy so that clued him in to go home and then they help ruby out with the demon children and then the second episode they go to the morgue to get the necronomicon because it's inside a corpse and there may have been a day in between there but i don't think we saw it and then the car got stolen uh at the end 
of that episode and then they threw the party so maybe there was even a day between that i, I don't know but then uh, yeah. the last two at, l- at least have been over the same night yeah they had gone back to ash's childhood home too yeah but it was always Got at night when they showed him up. going there i think yeah i think you're right i think i would assume there's probably a day between when the car was stolen and the party the party was like the yeah, next night kind I think of thing you're probably right yeah and then, so we've maybe seen a few days stuff happen over, days, huh? yeah, maybe two days, two nights kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I hadn't, I hadn't thought that we haven't seen a single bit of daylight in a long time. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> no. Even in, even when they started in Jacksonville, the party was at night and then they left and they arrived at night. And <laughs> yeah. Cause we did Things see some daylight at night. in season one. Maybe we will yep. again here. Rich, what's your number three? Oh, um, ditto. <laughs> Chris probably Chris took the words right out of my mouth pretty much uh, I really enjoyed the ending um, you know where they're opening up a whole new storyline and the and the uh, the portal to hell I'm looking forward to uh, seeing this Bale character mm-hmm. that's yeah, good because they've been building him up yeah totally and I you know I was curious though I was a little confused is the book the book or was Bale talking through the book to these guys I was a little confused. I was that wondering point. that myself, and I don't think we know yet, but it is curious that the book decided now to start. I, I think this whole episode is a plot to get P- Pablo to throw the book into the portal to hell. And I suspect that, yeah, Bale's talking through the book. And I yeah, think we're so going to find out. That was cool. I enjoyed that, that aspect of it. The yeah. ending, yeah, the ending was really good. Uh, this, this show has awesome cliffhangers at the end of every episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that the portal looked just a lot like the interdimensional portals we've seen in the movie Evil Dead yeah. movies. That was pretty cool. I didn't have to do anything too fire. too different. Yeah, it looks really good. But stupid question: His the name is Bale, like B A L E. I think something? it's B A A L. That's oh, one of ba- yeah. Ball is it Bale or Ball? Well, it's probably Bale, and we've just probably been saying Ball, or maybe different people say it different ways. Because we know, Richard and I know from, uh, what is it called? Diablo. Diablo, the game. There's all these different devils. Right. Who are they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you Mephisto. had Diablo, Mephisto, and yeah. Bale. They say Bale in the game. Yeah, so it's Bale. Okay. I just had tr- trouble understanding or sort of hearing how they were pronouncing it for some reason. So bail, I'll go with bail. Sounds good. (laughs) All right. My number three, I'll go with, I'll, I'll give the bad news first. So stuff that didn't work for me. I thought that for the most part, the jokes weren't landing for me. Um, even the one where the, some of the jokes that maybe would have worked if they were in an episode that I thought was funnier, just fell a little flat. Like, uh, the whole thing about drinking to stay hydrated and then and then ash hits chet on the door or with a door and it looks <laughs> yeah. like then the car takes off and it looks like he took off without him but then he's in the car mm-hmm. so it just yeah. seems like oh they're just going for a, a, a cheap joke even though it doesn't really fit and then a lot of the interplay with between chet and ash i didn't really find all that funny some of it was but it was a little smarmy and goofy and it just felt like they were trying too hard or the jokes just weren't that great like they had to shut down mammary lane because asbestos on the poles chicks were getting rashes on their hoochie macooters or <laughs> stuff come on like that's that. funny <laughs> i don't know it's hilarious <laughs> i don't know I, I i was you know i would say at least half the time i was just like uh like kind of groaning <laughs> yeah I don't wah, know. Wah, yeah wah. a little bit or when he licked the ground and said uh, to, he went in and saw a little bit of oil on the ground and said, Oh, a little overdue for a valve job. I don't know. It was okay. And then I thought it was a little weak that they've already just finished off all of Ruby's children. It seemed a little too easy. You know, all you had to do is just stab him with a Kandarian dagger. And also because whenever they would approach and attack somebody, they would just kind of hover over them, just kind of waiting for someone to come and stab them. And like, they just didn't seem all that menacing, especially for someone who's supposed to be powerful like Ruby to need somebody else's help. Um, and then the 
the last thing I'm going to talk about, so it won't be too much of a downer, is the scene where Ruby was talking about how Bale is seductive and you just can't reason with him, and she seemed really afraid. I couldn't tell whether she was just pre- pretending to be scared or if she really is, but I, I hope she's just pretending because it didn't seem believable to me. I don't know. That scene just fell flat. And just throughout the episode, there were just some scenes where I was just like a little bit bored here. So... This mm. is the first one that I haven't loved. I mean, you'll see when I talk about the stuff I like that I did find a lot to like, but it just wasn't my favorite. Regarding Ruby, I kind of felt the opposite. I I don't know. Maybe I took it for face value, but I kind of enjoyed sh- her kind of looking, you know, a little uneasy and showing her, I guess, sensitive side, you could say. It's because you think she's been so tough so far that if she's scared, then it must be a pretty bad threat. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And, and uh, she, you know, this uh, killing her kids, I guess, or, you know, her, whatever they call her children. She wasn't too happy about that. But I, I thought the action scenes were pretty good. Me too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll get to that. But that was my number three. Chris? Well, just before I, I move on, I think the, I think I, I said off the top, I mean, the comedy was here. It wasn't quite as funny as mm-hmm. it has been, but I tend to pick up on some of the more quick one-liners and stuff. For mm-hmm. example, you know, uh, when they're talking about getting in the car and they confuse, uh, Ash confuses memory lane for memory lane, yeah, yeah. Uh, where they're going. Um, and, and Ash says, oh, memory lane, they've got great lighting. Yeah. And, and I think it's a, it's a really quick line, but it made me laugh. Yeah, I like I, that you one know, like, too. Great, great lighting. I mean, whatever. <laughs> and then when they're in the car, Ash says, take the wheel. And Chet goes, how do you think I feel? And it's just the sort of comedy of him mishearing what he said and stuff. So it, I thought those kind of things were funny, whereas I kind of agree with you that some of the bigger jokes, like bonking his head on the door and stuff, uh, were a little bit goofy and didn't quite work so well. Some of the more subtle things were good. Or the, the other one I wanted to mention is when Ash is on the hood of the Delta towards the end, and he has he remembers his dad saying he has to clench his butt cheeks and stuff like that. Yes, and you hear Yash del- yell, that. "I'm doing it, Dad! I'm hard, Dad! I'm hard!" <laughs> well, see, uh, for some reason, I, I really like that that you saw Lee Majors in this kind of. Yeah. spiritual cloud or something and it was like a ben kenobi moment for ash yeah and i love that but then when he was just screaming i'm hard dad i'm hard i was like oh come on uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that kind of thing yeah. works for me i think he i think that's perfect for for bruce yeah. campbell and for ash i liked it yeah i had uh, a, a little nuance in there too when he was when you you know jason didn't like it when he bent down and and dipped his fingers in the oil and then sniffed it or tasted it. <laughs> yeah. He goes, nope, synthetic. <laughs> that made me laugh because that's that's his character. I mean, synthetic oil, car guys know synthetic oil is the more expensive option. It's, you know, it's better for your car. So why would he use that? <laughs> oh, see, I'm not a car guy. I'm so stupid. I thought, I'm thought, oh, of course, Ash would put like, uh, what's the opposite of synthetic? Like natural or real or something? Yeah, just regular oil. He just regular put, in, oil. put in the cheap stuff. Oh, okay. But I thought see, that I, was the oil that, that he that he was examining was from his car because he said yeah the second time yeah oh the second time oh god the first god. one he dipped and he goes nope synthetic and he just <laughs> moved on that's funny because see i thought the joke was the second oil was the more expensive oil and i was like oh ash puts expensive motor oil in like a junker of a car and <laughs> i total totally misread that joke because i don't understand motor oil apparently <laughs> that's funny this episode is uh, much better if you understand motor oil I guess so, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, my next one, uh, I guess my number two, and this is kind of a, a funny one, but I think they did a really great job with the sound design in this episode. This is mm-hmm. a more of a filmmaking thing. Uh, if you notice when Ash is driving along in the car with Chet, uh, they're having their conversation, and there's this nice violin music playing in the background, like that's on the radio, which I thought was was funny. And then you get like whooshing noises when the camera pans back and forth between the two of them. And I get that that's kind of a slapstick sort of thing, but I thought it I thought it added to the scene. It was really good. I did too. Um, when when Kelly and Ruby were in the uh, basement hunting hunting the children you have the pipes creaking and steam escaping and you can hear moaning noises and more of those kind of whooshing noises as they swung their guns around and I don't know maybe they do this all the time on the show but for some reason it stood out as really good on this episode for me and I think it added to it It, I found it kind of added to the hilarity of it all a little bit but it 
brought me brought me more into it. So even though these sorts of things can be horror movie tropes, I think they worked especially well on this uh, show and in this episode particular. So I don't know. Sound design. I thought they did a really good job this episode. Yeah, they always do a good job. I love yeah, the soundtracks do. in these shows. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. the and, and the music was good too here. Uh, when um, come on, feel the before, noise. Yeah, and uh-huh. even before when Kelly and Ruby are arriving at the uh, trailer to pick up all the guns, there's just this really cool like guitar riff playing that I thought worked great for the scene and was fun. So uh, the music supervisor and the sound designers and all that are doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah, I think all of those filmmaking aspects are really good with this show. Yeah, I especially sure. liked when he first got to the Crash Up Derby arena, the way they panned down and he was framed in the doorway with his shotgun and chainsaw like a hero. Yeah. And yeah. it's really cool. Giant doors closing behind him. They look really good. Yeah. They had a lot of good visuals in this episode, yeah. I thought. And I thought um, him in the this huge arena and the car and they're battling and he keeps twisting and uh, shoving his chainsaw slicing at it it was totally his bullfighter moves he was the bullfighter which goes along with how they were showing the car last episode snorting and stuff i think yeah, yeah there that's this is his bullfighter moment so i thought that was really cool and just what a great location too eh? that that demolition derby arena i yeah. thought it was amazing it looked so good and yeah. it was such a great place for this final showdown with the car i like the way yeah. they can light a big giant place like that and have lots of lights coming on and yet it still has a darkness to it for it's sure very moody you know that's re- they're really good at that yeah yeah that's actually my number two what is it my number two was <laughs> the the set designs and the locations the uh, the Crash Up Derby, that was a huge warehouse wherever they were at. That was ginormous. That was awesome, <laughs> and that was completely juxtaposed to the the Kelly and Ruby storyline where they're in this cramped, dark, wet area. And even, uh, even when they were outside, I thought that was cool. I'd like to know where they filmed this at in New Zealand with the, you know, the kind of a foggy i guess it was a little bit foggy i like foggy nights so they had that going on in there that was cool i like the i like the locations i totally forgot they're still in new zealand like they made it look like michigan that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> i i wonder if these sets were built or if or if they're real places that have been dressed up a little to to work for the show i i'd be interesting to find that out because mm-hmm. you're right it was a great contrast with the big wide open demolition derby and the tight quarters that ruby and kelly were in to fight and you know they were cutting back and forth between those scenes almost parallel things happening right kelly and ruby are walking in slowly before they've really started the fight ash is just getting into the demolition derby arena before the car appears and um and both locations were really really great so i'd be curious to find out if they built them from scratch or if they used something they found down there in new zealand actually i have a question about the location where kelly and uh Ruby were where I missed it where were they were they back in the morgue I think so like back in the morgue basement I mean that's where they left those demon children isn't it I'm assuming because I don't think they told us I'm still not clear on whether the morgue is the same place as the crematorium the crematorium was the first episode where we first saw Ruby fighting the children and then the morgue was the second episode where we saw that amazing disgusting ah. scene with ash and it was in a hospital so are they the same or I, I mean i would assume they are the same because ruby hid the book in a corpse so i guess they're probably yeah. the same right but i'm just not clear on that i don't think yeah. it's a hundred percent clear but mm-hmm. i would work i would go on the assumption that yes that they're all in the same like big yeah. creepy building right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it, that makes sense and they were back there now to f- to fight them off you know, you said crematorium. That just when I was watching it the second time, when Ruby and Kelly were down there, there in the background, you could see these giant piles of coal. Hmm? Okay, that's probably coal yeah. crematorium. Mm-hmm. Kind of mm. put two and two together. <laughs> <laughs> there, you're thinking. We solved it! Yay! <laughs> so I was just curious. My number two is stuff I liked. Sort of random, random sampling of stuff. I liked when Ash tried to jam his dad's brain back into his skull. 
<laughs> yes, that was funny. <laughs> it was sort of a kind of an awkwardly tender yet misguided moment. <laughs> yeah, and the look on his face. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then the scene uh, after Pablo crashed and he opens his mouth wide and he's impaled by this long piece of metal. And I just thought that was really intense and he's groaning and dragging it behind him. So I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know about the vision. These visions that he's having are, you know, Ash telling him to get into the trunk. Uh, And then there was something sort of similar that happened where they threw the book in the trunk, but I don't, it's not clear how the visions relate to what's actually going to happen, but I just liked the way that scene played. I thought it was funny when Chet started talking about why he thought Ash wanted to go to the demolition derby arena. I thought he sounded like a podcaster because he said, (laughs) I thought it was because that's where your dad got the Delta. And then the Delta came back to run him over as sort of a cry for help. And then it went back to the place where your dad originally got it. You know, I guess it just jived with the whole cathartic symmetry of it. A circle of life kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was pretty good. That was funny. It's a character doing some, some self analysis of the show. It's funny. (laughs) Yeah. But now he's completely wasted. And Ash is like, well, no, that's because that's where I bone Lillian Pendergrass, which doesn't make any sense at all. Why would he think? (laughs) 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 But it's funny. Uh, It's also we get the interesting little tidbit that his dad got the Delta at the at the Derby. Mm -hmm. Um, As I mentioned, I liked Ash walking out into that stadium. I already talked about that. I thought it was a pretty cool idea to have Pablo inside the car as it tried to attack Ash for a little while. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And then why did the car let them out at that point before it would? Well, I think... For one thing, you know, I love that the book kind of spit out that little piece of paper and had a word on it. And, you know, the book had already been telling Pablo in the car, we're inextricably bound together by a a powerful force, you know. And so I was kind of wondering, well, how come Pablo can read that word? But maybe it's because he is bound with the book and maybe he can actually read all the words in the book. I don't know. But. I think the whole point was to get Pablo to read that and then open that portal. And all, first of all, to put them in a situation where they're just like, oh, we want to get take care of this any way possible. We're desperate. And then to open the portal and convince him to throw the book in there. So I think that's why it right. let him out so that he could throw the book into the portal. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, he has to be out of the car to do that. Yeah. Uh, and then what else? I When the demon child was attacking Ruby and the lights went out for a split second. And then suddenly he's right in front of her growling or rah. It remind. I just got my PlayStation VR about a week ago or a few days ago. It's amazing. And there's this one game until dawn rush of blood where you're in this psycho uh, carnival on a, on a roller coaster and you're just shooting all these ghouls that are coming at you. And there's a lot of scenes where the lights go off and then they come on and they're right in front of you. And it feels like you're in the room with them. I can't play this without Jenny in the room. With me. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> I know dude. I, I, it is. I, I want to, I want to try it, but it sounds like you'd shit your pants. You, yeah. My <laughs> yeah. heart was racing. Wow. <laughs> uh what else i love the little interplay at the end when pablo yeah. tried to convince him that it was the delta's final resting place <laughs> yeah he wouldn't go for it nothing a lube job wouldn't fix yeah, yeah. chainsaw through the hood eh, i can just buff that out no that's problem. right <laughs> buff it. it's a hole into the engine but yeah it's not a problem <laughs> no problem so see i had a, there were a lot of things i liked yeah, you know, regarding Pablo's death, and well, I guess he didn't die completely, but he got, you know, stabbed Impaled, with the yeah. girder. <laughs> and then uh, Ash and his wisdom tried to pull it out the long way first. It's like, oh, what are you doing, dude? Walk <laughs> yeah. around to the back. It's a lot shorter on the front end, you know? That part cracked me up. But then I also was thinking, you know, isn't that the second or third time Pablo's been, like, seriously injured or mm-hmm. dead in an episode maybe it's going to become a like a south park thing you know it's like oh no they killed pablo faster oh, right <laughs> yeah <laughs> every episode he's gonna die now <laughs> yeah well my my number one was just pablo's vision as well but we've kind of you guys sort of mentioned it all like i thought it started off really horrific right like he's got the blood in his mouth and he's looks like he's just suffering and and then it turns a little bit wacky with wash coming wash with ash coming over and uh and pulling it out um, and I thought 
is this a premonition? Because remember, right at the beginning of the episode too, Ash is kneeling over his dad and he says something like, I, you know, I've lost someone I love and, and now I'm going to lose someone else I love, either you or Kelly or uh, the lizard. What's the name of the lizard again? Uh, Eli. Eli. E- or Eli, right? Yeah. And yeah. And then we see this Pablo having a vision of something that would obviously kill him. Right. And, uh, and I thought, oh no, they're, they're, you know, maybe this is an actual premonition and Pablo's mm-hmm. going to die at some point. Uh, but then it kind of goes a little wacky with the whole trunk thing. And, and, um, and Jason, you mentioned the parallel between Pablo getting in the trunk and then later him having to throw the book in the trunk, which I didn't pick up on at the time, but maybe that's all they were going for. So, um, I don't know. I hope Pablo doesn't die, but he does keep having these visions of his own death, which is yeah. a bad sign. That that whole unnerving. thing of Ash saying that made me feel a little bit scared for Eli. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eli's Eli? Just... Eli? Is he? He's back at the house, right? Yeah, maybe he's uh, in the terrarium yeah. with the the skeleton of Ash's previous lizard pet (laughs) hope he doesn't forget to feed him i hope not yeah eli just pops up now and then in an episode i'm sure he'll come back again but you're right maybe he's doomed giant lizard deadite giant lizard deadite oh my god (laughs) you know chris i freaked out the first time uh pablo died i was like oh no and i you know because i I rewound it because i didn't wait to see that it was just a vision last week this time this time though i i learned my lesson (laughs) because just before you know they had the scene with ruby before pablo had his vision and she was saying that ball likes to play mind games Uh i mean he has ruby pretty scared so he must really like to mess around and do those mind games with people so i was like oh this is just another vision (laughs) <laughs> right. And I guess he's I guess Pablo's just going to keep having them because he's linked to the book somehow. Yeah. Poor Ray Santiago. I think they realized last season that he's best when he's really suffering and so they've just amped it up this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny yeah, he because he does a good job with it. Yeah. You're right. He does an amazing job when he's suffering. I think um uh Dana as Kelly does a really good job when she's kind of being a badass. Kicking and ass, I feel like, yeah. yeah, I feel like they've ramped that up a little bit this mm-hmm. year, giving her that scene a couple of weeks ago uh, where she kicks the cop's ass against the vending machine. And, and this episode, obviously she kicked a lot of ass in this one. So <laughs> it feels like they're settling into these character roles, roles a little bit. Yeah. 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 You know what else too, in this, um, in this vision that Pablo had, did you guys catch catch it when he saw ash's face just before he got put into the trunk there's yep. something weird about ash's face did you catch that okay well oh, was yeah. it ash's face or was it a different character yeah it looked like it might have been a different guy was it a different guy it, I, I, noticed the, I saw I the eyes were ash. different but it, yeah. yeah then i thought it looked like the whole face was different it or, looked like it was supposed to be oh shit he did he that was a trick or something yeah yeah, but I, I'm not quite sure what they were getting at there, mm-hmm. but maybe it'll come up later. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It almost looked like a a, a, a a meld between Ash and his dad's face in a way, but I couldn't really tell. The, huh. the, this, this show, it, because it's uh, so immature in a lot of ways, it might be easy to overlook how well done it is, but they really know how to handle like these long season long arcs played against each episode has its own little discrete plot line and yeah. setting and mm-hmm. stuff. And the season long one is bail and whatever problems Pablo's having with the book and, you know, a few different things like that. So it's really cool. Yeah. 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 That was right. cool. Uh, is it, is your turn rich? Number one. Um, Oh, you know what I'm kind of excited about is chat. Uh, you know, I, I know Jason thought it seemed kind of forced, but I really enjoyed their little, their uh their uh togetherness there ash and chet i thought they pulled it off pretty good i mean it, it i can kind of i can see that they're really comfortable with each other and they have a certain chemistry that i'm pretty excited about i hope chet gets to kick a little ass with ash he was he was totally into it <laughs> after ash yeah, explained demons. to him right outside the car it didn't like, take well, much here's how we, you know we <laughs> want to get these demons before they go summon a bigger demon and he didn't even have to think about it. And he was like, all right, let's go kick some demon ass. I thought that was funny. I mean, he was disappointed at first about not going to the strip club, but you know, yeah. once the demon <laughs> ass kicking gets into play, then he's totally on board. <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> They're birds of a so feather. I'm looking forward. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Chet, uh, having a, a more of a role. I hope he's not 
like Brock, where he gets killed off in a couple of episodes. But yeah, you know, you never know. That's how it goes. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Chet didn't last too long. But I agree with you. He's fun. He's funny and he's entertaining and fun to watch. So, but I bet you he doesn't survive the season. Yeah, most likely. Right. But hey, he's got if a he funny makes name too, Chet. Chet. Yeah. If he makes it to the end, though, that'll be pretty good. I mean, that's five or that's uh, six more episodes, right? So that's okay. I think we'll get enough for Chet. I like that he has a gremlin too. Totally. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's the Wayne's World car, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. My number one is well, it was the plot, but we already covered that, so I'll talk about some of my favorite lines. I liked when Ash said, My advice, think of your life as a good time, not a long time. Pablo says, No, thank you. Ash says, You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. totally not listening at all like yeah. it's, it's like he's just saying stuff with no brain activity <laughs> he's the type of guy i think ash and donald trump have this in common where they'll just selectively misinterpret everything to be compliments yeah <laughs> right uh, whatever benefits them yeah yeah exactly uh, uh ash is I, running for president don't forget right Pablo says, uh, Ash, the Delta's possessed. Ash is like, possessed? No, 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 no. Come on, baby. Not you. Come on. Not the classic. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Uh, And then one of my favorites is at the end when he's looking into the interdimensional portal in the trunk and Pablo says, this is how we cast the book to hell. Ash is like, well, at this point, I mean, could things get any worse? Knock yourself out. <laughs> and a little bit later, all right, looks like it worked. That's good enough for yeah. me. The answer yeah. to that question is always yes. Things can get a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, that's the first that's the thing. Understatement I of, the, of the episode, <laughs> right? That's right. Like, I can't believe Ash would even think that too. It's like you know what? We're we're good. Things can, can't go down from here. <laughs> yeah, no way. But I mean, no it might seem like a good idea to cast the book into hell, actually, or at least worth trying, except for the fact that the book just asked to be thrown in there. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the if book, the book is channeling Bale and Bale's from hell, I mean, that's where the book wants to be. Yeah. Basically, the book knows what it's doing. Yeah. You can't. Mm-hmm. You, you can't deny that. And it knows it doesn't even have to be all that persuasive with these guys. No, they're not the brightest. And they just want to get rid of it, right? They think getting rid of it uh, will solve all our problems. So, Especially, I mean, that's why I say it was kind of a good plan to just possess that car and just cause a whole lot of mayhem so that they would be even more likely to try anything in the Mm -hmm. moment. Bale plays mind games. (laughs) That's right. That's right. All right. Anything else? Yeah, did you guys, uh, I like the eyeball. That was a little throwback to the movie. With the <laughs> eyeball in the grill. He's like, hey, have you seen the other eyeball around here? And then there it is, close up with it in the grill of the car. I forgot yeah. about that, that it was in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that Good was old cool. eyeball. I, I don't really have too many notes for this one, other than uh, I did think I liked how the opening credits, uh, or we went into the opening credits with the car driving over Brock's head just to, just to make sure he's dead. (laughs) I know his brain had fallen out, but you know, uh, it was, that was the one super gross moment of the episode. I thought with his head (laughs) being squished, pretty definitive on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's no, there's no coming back from that. So except you guys see a, do you guys see a, a pattern emerging with the episodes? I was just curious, like, uh, you know, one episode seems to kind of be heavy on the humor, and then another episode will be really heavy on the disgusting, gross, you know, uh, gore, and then another one like this will be a little more uh, suspenseful and action-packed. Yeah. kind of had that last year, too. It does feel like they do focus on one of those three things in each episode. Sometimes they yeah. are able to balance it really well. Um, but I, th- I feel like especially this season we're getting – you know, super gore one day, really good comedy the next, and then something like this, which is action packed. So. And there's also horror yeah. too, just scare, True. you know, scares. Yeah. Uh, Do you yeah, guys like I it think like I this? tend to gravitate towards an episode like this where you kind of got a little bit of each, a little bit of all of it. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, do you guys prefer like this, or do you think, or or would you rather have them balance it in each episode a little bit better? No, I um, love it. It's just swinging back and forth i think right. that's really cool because it yeah 
you never know what you're going to get and it just keeps it fresh yeah. yeah yeah exactly in the end you appreciate it more maybe mm-hmm. not when you're watching it but in the end <laughs> <laughs> no i think i agree they you don't know what you're going to get and they swing back and forth it's better it's good i mean i don't mind if it's really goofy as long as i'm laughing but right. i just wasn't enough this episode that's the only thing like i i love it when they do stupid jokes and it makes me laugh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then one, the only one other thing I didn't mention, I forgot to mention, was I thought it was really cool when the seat belts reached out and grabbed Pablo and pulled him into the car. Mm. <laughs> that did look cool. That was a good That's way to get him in there. A little scary. I like the effects that they put on the book. They didn't go all out. It was kind of like an old callback to the 80s yeah, special effects where this is probably some guy with his hand in the book opening right. and closing the mouth. Like Dark Crystal style. <laughs> yeah, I thought that worked well for that particular scene. All right, I think that's good. Let's take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. Come on, feel the noise. Girls, rock your boys. We'll get wild, wild, wild. Wild, wild, wild. So you think I got an evil Okay, it's time for news about the Evil Dead. Um, so there is an unrated version of the 2013 Evil Dead remake coming out very soon, you guys. Hmm. Uh, the director, wow. Fede Alvarez, he revealed that the unrated version is being released and it's coming out on October 25th. So that's very soon as we record this. Um, I, Does that I mean found- we have to watch it again? Well, yes, yes, (laughs) probably. (laughs) Well, let's see. I mean, we can decide if we want to watch it again. Uh So apparently there's five minutes of extra footage, including an entirely different ending. So that could be interesting to see. I don't know. Um, But one site I saw this reported that it was coming on Blu-ray and another site said digital only. So I must admit, I'm not 100% sure what the deal is there. But either way, it should be easy to come by. But Alvarez said that this is not a director's cut. He said, usually what I do, like most directors, is you do a first cut, look at it, and it's usually too long. So I made the decision and I really cut it to the bone to make sure that's the sharpest piece of storytelling I can tell. I try to take it to a very effective machine of storytelling if I can. The extended version is just that longer version of the movie we had at the beginning, which I didn't think was the best version of the film. So it sounds like he's not super on board with this coming out but maybe the studio is is releasing it yeah a bit of a cash grab uh so apparently the one we've already seen is his preferred version so maybe we don't have to watch it but if you're interested in that extra ending uh or the five minutes of extra footage it could be could be worth it anyways it comes out uh very soon in time for halloween so maybe you can put it on at your halloween parties if you want to he's not a very good salesman (laughs) <laughs> no maybe not <laughs> he uh, might not have just not have had a lot to do with this release so yeah watch it if you want to it's yeah, all right yeah, yeah i'll probably watch it that that reminded me rich last week we talked about phantasm and i watched it for uh walking dead cast and I, I think it was the first time i'd seen it since i was like nine years old yeah and uh it was pretty cheesy like it's not as scary now it was definitely oh. worth watching though it was really really trippy and fun to go back and watch it all right, good. I'm glad you said that. Now I can watch it yeah. a little easier. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen that movie, so maybe I should check it out too. Mm-hmm. Just know oh, that, that it's yeah. uh, it's cheesy, but it's worth worth a look. Cool. I saw it when I was a young kid, eight or nine, like Jason, and it scared the shit out of me. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a little different when you're eight or nine than than you are now. So, uh, a little bit. incidentally, I was I was reading about this unrated version of of Evil Dead and I found in another article that it mentioned that the remake made 97 million dollars worldwide. And Uh-oh. what do you guys what do you guys think the budget for that movie was? Oh gosh, I, I would think have to it say was not that 30 big. 40 maybe. I would say I think I read 15 or 20. It was 17, so you're right in the neighborhood oh, wow. there. Oh wow. And I, and I just want to mention that because I feel like, you know, 17 million budget and it made 97 million. That kind of makes it That's a huge a hit. hit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I would think, you know, they'd want to do more of them because obviously right. people are, are into it. So 
uh, maybe that's what led to Ash versus Evil Dead being greenlit or something because they saw the market there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody got their money's worth on that one. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. All right. Um, Funko, you know the company Funko. They are releasing a bunch or a series of Ash vs. Evil Dead vinyl figures. They seem to release these vinyl figure toys for like every single property that's out there. But we're getting uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead ones now. Do you guys know the, the toys I'm talking about? With you the big heads? The with the big heads, yeah. Little like three-inch yeah. things. Uh, so we're getting a series with Ash, Pablo, Kelly, and Ruby. And they are releasing in November. And I thought they looked really cool. So if you're into these things, you know, you're going to like these ones, I think, especially if you're a fan of this show. They look good. Um, Um, I usually don't like those things, but I might actually be into getting one of these. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I like the looks of them. They're fun. I have a bunch of Walking Dead ones and a few others and stuff. So I might pick these up. But I was surprised there there aren't any deadites or demons included usually they include like in the walking dead series they include characters plus a zombie and they didn't do that for these ones so maybe they'll release more in the future evil dead endless nightmare lets you run and kill deadites so this is a video game that has recently come out for ios uh, from toucharcade.com, Boom Dash Digital has released Evil Dead Endless Nightmare based on the 2013 Evil Dead remake. So based on the movie that we were just talking about, the description from the uh, app store is Evil Dead Endless Nightmare is a chilling first person endless runner with cutting edge 3D graphics and an atmospheric soundtrack equipped with iconic Evil Dead weapons such as the chainsaw or shotgun. Players must escape the cabin and defend themselves against deadites falling trees and swinging vines within the forest collect blood droplets upgrade weapons and prepare to battle against the evil witch to bring the nightmare to an end. Cool. So if you guys are iPhone or, or iOS users, I guess, we've got a new video game we can try. And it only just came out recently. I haven't given it a try yet, but I might do that this week if I can find some time. I'm looking at this right now, and it's weird because it's actually based on the 2013 remake. Yeah, not, yeah. not the show or yeah. the original movies or anything like that. Yeah. But nothing for Android yet? Uh, I don't think so, and I couldn't find any information on whether or not there will be an Android version. But you you got to think they, they're they thinking about that, at least. I don't know. So that could be fun. Next up, Evil Dead in Concert. So I'm afraid this is somewhat timely news, but there is going to be a a live concert and screening of Evil Dead in Los Angeles uh, tomorrow. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's tomorrow. So acehotel.com says, dress up and join us for a special screening of Sam Raimi's horror classic, The Evil Dead from 1981, with composer Joseph Loduca's newly reimagined score performed live and hosted by Bruce Campbell. Whoa. Yeah. How cool is that? Very cool. Bruce will be there, live, reimagined score by the original composer. This is Tuesday, October 25th. So by the time you hear this, you're going to have to be quick if you want to make it there. And it's at the Theater at Ace Hotel in Los Angeles. Tickets are $26 to $76, I guess, depending on where you sit. But sounds like it could be a really cool experience. Yeah, that would be awesome. I know. Live music. Man, yeah. I so, wish I had a teleportation machine. Oh, I know, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Just get around, do anything you want. Mm-hmm. If any of our listeners check this out, though, write in and let us know what you think, because it sounds really, really fun. Yeah. I went to the Lost concert a uh, few weeks ago. Michael Giacchino played music from Lost with an orchestra, and it was it was a really amazing experience. Very cool. Yeah, that sounds fun. I've seen the same thing. I've done the same thing for Back to the Future, and it was awesome, too. So, uh, Next up. Eli Roth, you know him. He calls Evil Dead the ultimate Halloween movie. That's quite high praise from him, I'd say. Yeah. In On entertainmentweekly.com, he, he said, usually when I'm having a party, I put on the original Evil Dead. Right from the opening shot, it never stops. It's one of those movies that everybody loves. It's always fun. It's so visually spectacular. I don't know if people would still be scared by it, but the way I was... 
Uh, and if you think about Sam Raimi, that was made by a 20-year-old kid or a 21-year-old kid in the woods with his friends, and they just spent all their money doing it, and they nearly froze to death. The camera work that he did, putting the camera on his back, strapping it to a motorcycle, it's so inventive. I think a lot of people have seen the remake, but they haven't seen the original. You can't go wrong with it. So pretty high praise from Eli Roth for cool. Evil Dead. Finally, Bruce Campbell explains why there is no Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. So Bruce did a Reddit AMA a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you guys read any of that. It was mm-hmm. pretty interesting. He he had some, you know, sort of serious answers to questions, some that were just kind of funnier, some a bit goofy. But the one thing I wanted to call out here is that, you know, he was asked why that movie never happened. And I guess there was some talk of it happening after they did the Freddy versus Jason movie, which was quite a few years ago at mm-hmm. this point. They thought they'd do one with Ash. And he said, Bruce Campbell said, I'll be honest with you, I'm not real interested in crossovers. One of the main reasons why Ash versus Freddy versus Jason did not come to pass is because we couldn't control any of the other characters other than Ash. That felt like a creatively bankrupt way to do it. Not to mention, you're splitting the proceeds three ways with partners you might not want. So it came down to creative control and money. Which it usually does, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If they they're not going to be able to do it well, then I mean, I I loved Jason versus Freddy just because I like those characters. But uh, yeah, yeah, I did feel like Freddy kind of got the short shrift because he didn't actually kill anyone in that movie, right? <laughs> and I guess if yeah, if the, probably the more characters you add to it too, the harder it is to give each one their due, right? And, and you wouldn't want Ash to go into a movie. And and suck or it just be subpar, you know, for for what we know about Ash and Evil Dead. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm kind of glad they didn't do it. But I also think that if they had Ash would come out on top. Right. Yeah. I mean, I wish they could <laughs> have course. figured out a way to do it well, because it would be pretty cool. Uh, He's I got guess. a chainsaw <laughs> <laughs> and a boomstick. But and it would be really funny to see Ash uh, in Freddy's dream world. I guess so. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't think it would affect Ash much. Not like the other people. <laughs> no, well, you, maybe Freddy's not. really good at figuring out what would bother you the most, so it'd be really interesting to see what that would be for Ash. Yeah, uh, that well, would be uh, not being able to get it up. <laughs> oh no! Oh my god! Ah, <laughs> oh, it's over. I'm not too worried that we're not getting that because we're getting so much Ash goodness these days. Anyways, I'm you know getting my fill. I'm playing the game right now. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, that's what it sounds like. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) What did they say about the soundtrack? There it was for you. (laughs) Uh, And that's it for the news. Awesome. All right. Now it's time for listener feedback. This is uh, what you guys had to say about last week's episode, Last Call. All right. So Matthew Rep writes, it was fun to see the possessed Delta hunt, hunt down those kids, but fuckity fuck, 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 (laughs) fuck, not Brock should have known it was coming as soon as he and Ash started fixing their relationship. I know, huh? Yeah. Perfect timing. As something good happens, they start coming together as a family and someone's got to (laughs) die. You weren't here, Chris. what did you think of that? Bam. At the uh, end. I didn't. I didn't see it coming at all. No, um, me maybe and maybe I should have, but right. Uh, no, because we're, I, I was saying because you and I are both Walking Dead fans. That's exactly what always happens as soon as their story arc <laughs> wraps up. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they or they bring a character to the forefront, or mm-hmm. they you think like something good is going to happen, they kill them off. But I don't know. I didn't see that coming at all. I I I liked it. Like I enjoyed the feeling of being totally shocked. But uh, yeah, well. Not Brock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. This is from John Bucket. Sad to see Lee Majors go, but glad he got to see Ash was telling the truth. The possessed car stuff was amazing, especially the tired of the face death. Gore plus fart gags (laughs) equals winner. It usually does. (laughs) (laughs) That says it all. Laura South says, oh man, such icky scariness. I had to cover my eyes when the tire was coming down on the boy's face. Yikes. Overall, love this episode too, though. I definitely saw Brock's death coming when he walked out into the street as they were talking. Oh, see, Laura's 
she's picking up on stuff smarter than us yeah Yeah. elizabeth tolstoy writes love the possessed delta the effects were great but hated it when it ran over pops the writers are really thinking outside the box always one thing or another keeping the group hopping no winners when you play catch pops lee majors was great (laughs) yeah and finally bernard schaefer says ted ramey not ivan did you guys call him ivan last week yeah yeah. i did anyways (laughs) so thanks for setting us straight on that uh we got an email it's my turn yeah we got an email from scott pike he says this episode was less gross in toilet humor way and a lot more gross in the torture porn way of the recent Evil Dead movie. I'm okay with that, but I still kind of cringed at certain scenes like the car running the face off that one kid and the biting off of his penis. I guess, yeah, it was mm. the same kid, huh? I did like the tribute to Christine the Evil Possessed Car, though. I think this is the first inanimate object possession we've seen since Evil Dead 2 with all the furniture and the moose head. I'm sorry to see Lee Majors go so soon. As soon as we met him, I knew he would die this season. I just hoped he'd be around a little longer. Yeah, I I would have liked to see him stick around a little bit longer. Me too. too. Yeah, yeah. He was so he was so good. And I don't know if I I said it, but I agree with all the listeners that the Delta stuff was amazing in this episode and last episode. I loved how the fire was shooting out of it all the time. Yes. Yeah. I I think really cool. I I wonder if a lot of that was practical or if it was enhanced with sort of visual effects but i think it would have been fun to be the special effects guy on these last two episodes or the guy responsible for all the car stuff because yeah. looked amazing yeah totally cool <laughs> so i'm guessing it was mostly uh cg because they can do really good fire and it just looked so brilliant i guess so yeah, yeah but even if even if it's just like they rigged the car up with all these lights like when the hood is popped a little bit you can see light yeah. emanating out from it you know yeah. it would have been really sort of fun to work on And we got one call. It's from Steve from Oklahoma. Hey, guys. It's Steve from Oklahoma. And I'm just trying this voice memo stuff because I don't know exactly how it works. But I want to talk about the last episode, last call. Um, Really liked Lee Majors. Really great. Hate to see him go this quickly into the season. But uh, I'm enjoying the show. I'm enjoying the podcast. And just hope you guys uh, get a chance to do more. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Steve. Cool. We are going to do more. A lot more. Yeah. yeah. Lots. As many as we can. (laughs) Even if the Mm. show's over, we'll pretend we saw an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Let's watch them all again. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So that was awesome, dude. Uh, I mentioned last week a a great way to send us a call is if you're... You can probably do this on Android, but I know on iPhone, open the voice memos app, do a little voice memo, then you can hit the share button and send it to our email groovy at podcastica.com. And if you don't like the way you sound, you can just try again. That's the benefit of it over calling in. Plus it just sounds great as you just heard. Yeah. Okay. Now it's time for next week on Ash versus evil dead. All right. The next episode is titled confinement. It says Ruby, Kelly and Pablo must break Ash out of jail before the sheriff brings him up on charges. Interesting. That's a left yeah. field. Oh, yeah, that reminded me, too. I had written it down but forgot to mention it. I think we might have a new cast member for a while, the the sheriff's daughter, right. Lacey, the one that was in the car. Mm-hmm. So I guess Ash is going to be in trouble and be blamed for her her trauma and suffering. Yeah, because she ran off to get help, so I'm sure she ran off to daddy. That'd be yeah, cool. where else would she go? That that does make sense. I forgot to mention she ran. She kind of just was let out of the car and then disappeared, but said she's going for help. So now Ash gets arrested, goes to jail, and we're going to have a jailbreak episode. That could be awesome. <laughs> Some other deadite prisoners or yeah. something. Yeah, that's amazing. Directed by the same guy that directed DUI. They seem to be doing two episodes two, yeah. each, these directors. Yeah. Yeah. I My favorite written one so far is uh last i think last week's with that was the party right yeah that woman yeah. that did it i forgot her name but noel valdiva yeah i wonder if she wrote anymore uh doesn't look like it i've got the list in front of me no that was the only one she did ivan Ra- ivan ramey wrote dui though and uh, next week it's william brum brommel don't know him
All right, that's our show, episode 19. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to call us, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at groovy at podcastica.com. And you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or at evildeadcast on Twitter. And please check out our other shows on the Podcastica network at podcastica.com or check out the Talking Dead podcast. Thank you. Please do. (laughs) All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Now cast us back into the dimension from which we came and you get to live.